In the June 7th California primary, Elk Grove and Sacramento residents will vote for their 10th District California Assembly Representative. There are five people vying to fill the open seat, one Republican and four Democratic candidates. I'm Dan Gowardy. On this four-part Elk Grove News podcast series, we are calling Hear What They Have to Say, we are interviewing four of those candidates. In our first edition, we speak with Democratic candidate, Sacramento City Council Member Eric Guerra. Council Member Eric Guerra, thank you for joining us today on Elk Grove News Podcast. Well, good morning, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here. Council Member Guerra, for the benefit of the listeners of this podcast who may not know you, can you give a quick personal biography? Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, one, I think that for folks, uh, I'm excited about this podcast because many times as uh, as folks, you know, where I'm a council member now, people see us sometimes as someone who's on a dais or whatnot. But I really hope that people get to know us as as, uh, as individual people, as persons. Uh, and uh, my our family story and my family story, we actually we originated from this little village in uh, Mexico. Uh, we uh, uh, were born in an adobe house. My Half of my 76 first cousins and I were born in an adobe house. And uh, just like many stories that we see today, you know, whether it, it was famine or uh, economy or war, as we see right now, we immigrated to California for an opportunity and settled in uh, the, the uh, you know, greater Sacramento area as farm workers. For us, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, things that remind me about uh, what I do today as a, a council member and when I talk now to my son, who's, you know, four years old and, and now is asking a lot of questions, I think about those experiences. And so I would tell him about his abuelita and uh, how she, you know, was a, a, a farm worker and how we at his age would go with her to go pick fruits. Uh, figs was the earliest thing I can remember. And uh, and it was all day. It was during the summertime, I remember, from 6 to 6. So we grew up uh, uh, in this area, coming to Sacramento. You know, at that time in the 80s, we were trying to uh, adjust our status to get a green card. When I remember Sacramento, I mean, even back then, driving up the, the, the 5, we saw Cal Expo and uh, uh, not not Cal Expo, but the Arco Arena. I mean, Arco Arena was in the middle of nowhere. There was all right. these all these weeds. So, you know, seeing the big city that was an interesting thing. But lo and behold, you know, uh, growing up as a farm worker, that was a a big thing for me because it keeps me grounded about kind of the issues that affect us today. And having had an opportunity to go to Sac State. My younger brother and younger sister also following me there to go to Sac State and get an engineering degree. I still think back about that experience because when we were at Sac State, my mother, who was still working as a farm worker, saw how how we could change our life and... What was really inspiring and about our story and who, you know, what, what, uh, when people ask me, you know, tell us a little about yourself, I, I really think back to my mother because she was 50 at that time, only had a fourth grade education, saw these little rugrats, or as we say, squinkless, uh, going to college, and she decided to go and get her GED with us there. They had a program where they were recruiting farm workers, uh, and uh, she got her GED and then her AA degree, and that was her path out of the field. So, I think about, you know, a little bit about, you know, what drives Eric or who is this person. I really center it around my mother. You know, that that really was a big, impactful person that has helped me throughout my entire life. 
Let's talk about your political career just a little bit here. You were first elected to the Sacramento City Council in 2015 in a special election. And I, I remember reading about it. You ran what could be described as either a grassroots campaign or a shoestring campaign, as I call it. You've done very well in the city council, and you're moving up the political ladder. You're running for assembly now, and you've been able to raise a you know, far greater amount of money. Has that money changed your campaign, your campaigning techniques, and more importantly, has it changed you? Oh, I've uh, definitely not. I mean, I think uh, you know. One, my mother lives in the South area now. She, we, when we came out here, and I think if there's anything that keeps you grounded, is your family. Uh, but more importantly, the uh, the the thing that I think about what leads politics, right? It's your work and your uh, your outreach and and being uh, respecting people individually and and I think that's what's helped me even though I won on a grassroots campaign where everybody else was on the other side yeah and, and, and thank you for bringing that because you you're you're a democratic candidate yes and you were actually running against kind of the establishment at, at I was, I was, and it, the, all the electeds were on the other side, the interest groups were on the other side, and yes, I ran a grassroots campaign, and to this day, I even our, our volunteers, and I say, we're running a, a grassroots campaign, we're going out to every coffee shop, we're going out to every neighborhood, to the parks, and talking to people where they are, and to me, uh, that's important because you really get to understand the real issues. Um, you know, uh, you're go always going to have in politics, interest groups have their their uh, prerogative. Well, at the end of the day, what I found helpful is talking to individual folks and then figuring out what's the outcome that we want to achieve. I learned that just by working in agriculture. When you work out and, and live in the rural area, sometimes you're by yourself, and so you're with only a small group of folks. And the only thing you have is to figure out how to work together and get the results done. And so that has actually been my style. It's always been, you know, talking to individual folks and trying to get results. So to your question, I feel like the greatest amount of support I've gotten because even though all those folks went with the other person and I won, I reached out to everybody and said, look, the campaign's over. We have to govern. We have to figure out how to work together as a, as a community. That's a perfect segue into my next question. And we're going to take things on a little broader scale now. We obviously live in a very politically divided time, particularly on the national level. You have young children. How, how do you see these political divisions working out in the future, and what do you think can be done to remedy these things? We have to communicate more. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, we all want a better community. We want a better life for our kids. You know, I still remember the struggles that my parents had in watching them, you know, face poverty, face, you know, addiction, you know, making sure that— uh, that they had something for us. And so now I think about my young, you know, two sons now, one that was born during the pandemic. And, you know, I, I also think about that struggle. And so if we're going to confront a lot of these challenges, whether they be the pandemic, health issues, whether they be poverty, economic, I actually have concerns about our region's economy and our state's competitiveness uh, during, you know, uh, having gone through this pandemic here. And we have to start talking about how we resolve some of our disputes. And it only happens if we can get to the table. If we sit back and anchor ourselves in our positions, I think we'll end up in what we see at the national level. Forty years ago, most candidates in California were 
monolingual. And now Assembly District 10 voters are going to have a great opportunity. We have at least two candidates who are at, at a minimum bilingual that I know of. What sort of benefit does this bring the constituents being a bilingual representative in the California State Assembly? Do you believe it's a benefit? Being bilingual and bicultural, I think it's important. You know, uh, it's not just about translating language. It it helps you understand uh, what people see through from a different point of view. And when you recognize that language and culture can have different connotations, then you can put yourself in the shoes of another culture and another community who may not have the same language or religion, but it helps you, uh, you know, step away from your, you know, day-to-day thinking. What is beautiful about this new assembly district is how rich and diverse it really is, the number of languages. Last night, uh, I worked with Councilmember Vang to hold a language equity uh, summit so that we can look at how our government structure also better communicates, not just translation, but with all of these diverse communities. Most recently, uh, we uh, in the Sacramento region have become the center for a lot of the Afghan refugees who were helping our American citizens and soldiers overseas. And during that conflict, they're coming back here with a completely different uh, w- way of, of, of living and communicating. And so for when I think about my experience, I can say, you know, I know the challenges that they will confront. I don't uh, understand them completely, but I can put myself in that sense of fear and confusion as a policymaker at the statewide level with the state with so much diversity. That, I think, helps me bring that to the table and say, when we're thinking about our statewide policies, we can't just be one cookie-cutter approach because there's so many communities that have that difference. I think that's the exciting part about this race is that we do have a number of candidates that come from different points of view. I want to ask you a question. If the stars align for you and you become the next assembly member for the 10th district, what sort of committees would you like to be assigned to? And what is it about those particular committees that interests you? Well, definitely I want to be assigned to uh, the budget committee. I'd like to be on the budget subcommittee on education and finance. Now, to move up in those committees and to become, you know, in the leadership position. I I hope that I can uh, continue to be reelected and maybe become the budget chair at some point, be that crotchety old budget chair, you know. Uh, But I want to focus it on education because I truly saw how education changed our life. And not only that, but on the workforce development side, I've taken the the position of becoming the chair of the Sacramento Employment Training Agency to be able to fund also the workforce training partners like La Familia Counseling Center, Asian Resources, Lao Family Community Services, and uh, pro-youth and families so that we can help people in different points of their life be able to achieve the California dream. The other piece that I do want to get on is, uh, you know, this is going back to my engineering roots, electrical engineering. I want to either be on on utilities or natural resources because I do think there is a uh, economic opportunity for us to get into the manufacturing of all of the products and equipments that are going to help us address our air quality and address the challenges that we face here, um, you know, as uh, in climate change. So those solutions will be created. My father-in-law, who uh, also was in the sciences, says that there's someone will create these products. The question is, who will do it first? And I'd like those jobs to be here 
where we do our part to help our environment, but do it in a way where we're recruiting people in our community to get those jobs. Councilmember Gear, we're not going to let you out of here without at least one fun question. Say a year from now you're in the assembly and you uh, say assembly's not in session. You have a free day, a Sunday to do anything you want. You don't have any constituent services you have to see to. What sort of things would you do with your free time? Well, always, I've always tried to uh, get my garden into shape. Uh, you know, my uh, my mother always comes over and takes a look at it, and she just, you know, shakes her head like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, you, you could do better, right? So, uh, but uh, I love that. Obviously, it's a nice, quiet time for me. But more interestingly, uh, my son and I have been, uh, you know, learning skateboarding. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, now I wear all the pads and helmets and everything. But definitely, if you ask me what I would do on an early Sunday morning, I'm going to take my son to the uh, to the skate park. And there's a lot of great regional parks here to do. So, um, you know, uh, I don't take the falls as best as I, as I could, but it's a good per, a learning experience for him. But, yeah, uh, and pulling out my old deck out of the garage is, so is always fun. Were you a skater in your youth? I wasn't. You know, I actually was a, a snowboarder. And then when we had all these droughts, I watched a movie. I think it was Lords of Dogtown. And just like anybody who's watched a martial arts movie or uh, a, a, a biking movie, all of a sudden they go out and I went and bought a skateboard, fell off, but fell in love with it. Well, there you go. You could be the uh, lead person in the assembly for the uh, skateboarding constituency, I suppose. <laughs> the skateboard caucus, right? <laughs> right. Very good. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, Councilman Guerra, how can voters find out more information about you and your campaign? Do you have a website, uh, social media feeds? Uh, how can they get a hold of you? Well, you could always go to electeraguerra.com. And uh, my um, uh, Facebook is also, uh, the handle is uh, electeraguerra. Um, we uh, also, I always like doing my office hours because whether I win or lose, I'm still a council member. I, I'm a regionalist. I don't be believe that, you know, we have to be parochial in our community. So you can always catch me on the fourth Friday of, uh, of every month at Tahoe Park where I host a food truck event. We have a beer garden and I'm out there, you know, answering questions, whether they be policy or political. And after, you know, a beer or two, people get pretty, you know, comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Council member Gareth, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a Spanish tongue very good, so I'm not pronouncing it properly, but uh, Council member Gareth, thank you for your time. We appreciate it and best wishes on your campaign. Well, thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. And don't worry about rolling the R's. If you can't roll the R's, I always say, if you think of Yogi Berra, Eric Guerra. <laughs> okay, there you go. Thanks.